0: Good morning, Rock Harbor Church. We are in God's house once again. And we said it, uh, we were talking about it this morning. You've got victory this morning. you got victory. And we said it's more than just what is said, but what He did. Amen. That I accept that he's already done the job for me. you. You've got the victory this morning because of what Christ did. Let's celebrate this morning. Father, thank you. Thank you for the service. Thank you for a beautiful day, Lord, to come and worship you, Lord. Father, I just I just pray for every individual here, Lord God, if there be anything that troubles us, Lord, any uh, baggage that we're carrying around, Father God, I pray that we release that today, Father. We give you the service. We give you the our minds. And God most definitely would give you our heart, Father. And thank you for this opportunity, Father. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. 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 God bless you this morning. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's give God the glory this morning. Lift Him up. Let's sing shout. Praise Him. Glorify His name. Do all that we know to do. We come into His place. Join with us. We're only here to lead you. So bail in and let's give God the praise. Let's proclaim with me today. Now, O Lord, God, this morning as we come into this place, God, as we enter into this time of the receiving of your word, I pray, God, let us be in the vibration and the trembling God under the power of it. I pray, God, Father, Lord, every heart and every soul and every mind and every body be touched today. Lord, I ask you, God, as we have come, Lord, to just absolutely exalt you, Lord, and lift you up, God, that, Father, we be filled and stirred and provoked, God, Father, to rejoice in you. God, Father, to proclaim your goodness and your mercy, God, to always be yes. thankful, Lord God, and grateful yes. of all you've done, Lord, yes. Yes. for the salvation yes. we have, God. Yes. Oh, we praise you today, God, yes. for the blood that ran freely down yes. Calvary's Ooh, cross, God, yes. We've been recipients yes. Of yes. that has covered yes. us Woo. and washed us and cleansed oh, us from yes. our yes. sins, God, yes. and forgiven yes. us, Lord, yes. forevermore. God, we praise you today and we lift Amen. you up and we thank you, God, for the power you have stored in us, God, Father. Amen. Lord, that God we could know the resurrection power of who You are, Lord God, and live it every day. We praise You in the name of Jesus. Amen, amen and amen. amen. And now let us proclaim: This is the word of God. This, this is, is the word of God. God. I will walk in it. I will walk in it. I'll abide by it. I'll, I'll abide by it. I'll, I'll adhere to it. I'll adhere to it. And I'll stand upon I'll it. it. I'll stand, I'll stand upon, it. upon it. it. For it is my strength. For it is my power. Jesus name. Jesus. In Jesus' name, Jesus. in Jesus' name, Jesus. in Jesus' name. Jesus. In praise be to God, Lord Jesus. Amen and hallelujah. And the children are dismissed. You'll be opening your Bibles to 1 Timothy this morning. Hallelujah. To say. Said a lot of things in really a short few chapters. Are you godly this morning?
1: Amen.
0: (laughs) Working on it. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have godliness?
1: Amen. Amen. Praise the
0: Lord. Praise the Lord. How do we know? tells us we can have godliness in our lives. It tells us we can have a lot of things if we understand what those things are. What's the greatest things you can possibly ever receive? Oh, hallelujah. In short, spiritual things, right? Amen. Spiritual blessings. Paul, in writing to Timothy here, is as he has here we actually have two letters to Timothy uh, one and two But in Paul's expression of his heart to Timothy in an instructional form because that's a lot of what Paul's writing was an instructional uh, letter to Timothy of what to expect at least as far as as much as Paul can tell him there's some things you got to expect if you're going to take this gospel road right? Can I say the same thing to you this morning? There's some things you got to expect if you're going to take this gospel road. Amen. If you're going to take this journey with Jesus, there's some things you better be expecting. Yeah. Not all of them are good. Yeah. Come on. But I know who is good. Amen. And we should be willing to go through anything that's not good for the one who is good. Amen? Because Amen. life is filled with things that aren't good. Life's filled with circumstances, situations, issues, abnormalities. All sorts of things. But Paul, in his writing here in the 6th chapter of Timothy, he said something that doesn't necessarily fit so well with the culture and the times that we're living in. Now, I can't really speak of the day when Paul wrote this because their culture was pretty much absolutely different. Uh, The generation was a different generation. But Paul here is advising or giving encouragement to Timothy, and he he says this in the beginning with the third chapter or third verse of chapter 6. If any man teach otherwise and consent not to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which is according to godliness, He's proud, knowing nothing. But doting about questions and strifes of words, whereof cometh envy, strife, railings, evil, surmising. I want to stop right there for just a minute. If any man teach, do you know you can teach yourself? Yeah. Do you know you can teach yourself the wrong thing? Just as well as you can teach yourself the right thing. And I think sometimes the things we teach ourselves is the worst things that can be taught when it is the wrong things. Because we're stubborn headed. We refuse to admit blame or accept it. We refuse to do a lot of things. And in the terms Paul is citing here, in reality, he's Warning Timothy about receiving teaching that is improper, wrong, or ungodly. But taking as that I received it today, and Paul's writing certainly were speaking of those others, other people that would attempt to bring something erroneous or false into uh, Timothy's young, still yet young Christian experience, and now a ministerial experience. But the the first thing that we've got to be willing as Christians to face, aside from all other enemies, is ourselves. We can be our worst enemy. You ever heard that said? We can be our own worst enemy. We can be thinking wrong and be absolutely (coughs) convinced that we're completely right. We can have opinions that we'll argue (laughs) till we're blue in the face. It's correct, and all the time we can be wrong. If any man teach otherwise and consent not to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which is according to godliness. All laid it out right there. If it's anything other than this, you can pretty much rest assured you're headed the wrong direction. Because we as Christians and believers must find our absolute in God, our absolute in Jesus Christ, our absolute in the doctrine that he brought, which is the doctrine of God which we know as the Holy Bible basically, that's where we find everything that we need to form opinions and to form thoughts and to develop attitudes and to deal with issues and circumstances and what have you but everything that we come against or everything that we face in life has got to filter through this thing first this thing This thing we live in. And it can be the most contrary. I know none of you are ever contrary. (laughs) None of us are ever stubborn, right? Hard-headed, whatever you want to call it. But in continuing in, in this, I call it a revelation this morning because God has to show us sometimes when... When, especially when we get in, in, in circumstances that are, are really not favorable. And we all do that. We can begin to, out of our fleshliness and our humanness, we can begin to develop ideas and thoughts and opinions and all kinds of things that really are not correct and are not proper. So where do we go to? Where should we go before Where should we certainly go to in the midst of circumstances and such is where? Exactly what Paul's saying right here. The gospel of Jesus Christ, right? The word of God. Godliness. Where do we get godliness from? From God's word. You can't get it anywhere else. God's word's the source. I'm pointing at several here because you got your Bibles open this morning. You're looking into them. That's the access. That's the treasure chest. This this is the information base. This is where advice is derived. We gather it from, and take that and use it to be sure that we first teach ourselves properly, that we get an understanding of what it is that is in the Word of God. We call it godliness. That now we can claim the title all we want to. I'm a godly person, or I'm full of godliness, but really we need to take a deep look in ourselves and determine: Are we, or are we not? Come on, Amen. So how do we know that? I don't want to know that. It's kind of a strange twist the way Paul put it here. Covering verse 4, he's proud. If you're proud, you're never going to be able to overcome anything. You're never going to see anything correctly. You're never going to have the ability to to form a Christ-like opinion or, or idea, and the, the Bible's full of them. Knowing nothing. You ever thought about knowing nothing? Pride will keep you from knowing nothing. Or cause you to know nothing. But doting about questions and strifes of words, and whereof cometh envy and strife and railings and evil surmisings, basically meaning suspicions. You ever had an issue with somebody and you go away, you know good and well what they're thinking. And you know what they're telling others. How do we know that? You don't. It's called a suspicion. We do that, don't we? We form in ourselves what very well may not even be anything that the other person or whatever is thinking or saying. Therefore, adding to the issue. And then it just becomes a, a quandary and Just we're, we're just stirred and, and, and absolutely inundated sometimes. You ever feel that way? Right. Because of what this is telling you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where do we go? Where do, where do we go when this is telling us things that just didn't right. We go to the truth. We go to the truth. That's our salvation. That's what saves us. That's what rescues us, basically. God's Word rescues us from ourselves. Amen. God's Word ever rescued you from yourself? Amen. How many times? We got three people that that happened to. Thank God for all of it. <laughs> many times. Look at this though. Verse 5, he says, Perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth, supposing that gain is godliness from such withdraw thyself. Now, taking this and applying it to, that's what I've already said this morning. We can see within this particular scripture that when we're out of the context of the word of God and we're, we're not really involved with it it's not really applying or we're not, or not allowing it to be applied to our lives And this, folks, this is on a constant basis you can't pick it up once a month and expect it to rescue you very well this is something that you've got to get in and live and allow to work in you uh, the term was used this morning I believe opening Sunday school of just do it just, just do God's word do what is what James expounds on that in his writing. Be doers of the work, not hearers only. How many times are people hearers only? And because they're only hearers, they never take the opportunity to apply this, that it will bring them in the event of, bring them the wisdom, the knowledge, the understanding, everything available in the word to help us to form the proper opinions, the proper thoughts, the proper ideas, and anything that we actually live and walk life by. Decisions. Relate to God's word in decisions. Is there anything wrong with that? I can tell you a lot of people didn't do that because they did in their suffering. Let's look further here. We're getting somewhere. verse 6 says but godliness with contentment is great gain <coughs> godliness with contentment is great gain what in the world is contentment just being satisfied with what you have Amen. what have we got what did the first word say godliness where do we get godliness From the Word of God, from God Himself, we get godliness. He's given us a wonderful, glorious thing that we can even receive godliness through the form He's given it, through the power of His Word and our acceptance of it and our applying it to our faith and belief. It has wonderful results. Godliness with contentment is great gain. What is He saying? What is He trying to tell Timothy here? Apply godliness to your life. Resort to what you know is the truth, and the and the basis of it, Jesus Christ, come in the truth. He was God sent the truth to rescue mankind. Did He not? Amen. That is our foundation. That is our source. That is our provision. That is our our absolute ability. Thank you, Lord. to take into this thing that never was godly before knew no godliness but God made a way where we could receive and live in the doctrine of Jesus Christ and because we can we've got everything that's why Paul is stressing Timothy you've already got everything don't get caught up in this trap that there's got to be something in the object or some material or some possession that's going to make you content. That's the message here. It's not that it's wrong to have, but what is being said here is godliness with contentment is great gain. It's the greatest gain you can ever receive. Amen. When you have true godliness, you're content. Come on. You don't need anything else. Even though you might get something else. But that thing that you get, or the thing that you obtain, or the thing you possess, or the thing you own, cannot give you what God can give you. Amen. Amen. You have the best, Timothy. You have the utmost. Godliness with contempt. It's a short, very short verse, very short statement, but all powerful. All powerful. Now, we live. I mentioned culture a while ago. We live in a different culture. We live in a different generation. Many generations have passed since Paul wrote this. In his day, if you had food and you had raiment, if you had a roof over your head, you were well off. If you had a donkey, you was pretty wealthy <laughs> see our culture is different isn't it is that all we get is that really all we get God but do you see what it can become though? it can become that's nothing I need more I want more I want to get I want to obtain I got big dreams. Anything wrong with dreams? Not if you're headed in the right direction. They're God oriented. Generations, I said, have changed. Generation in Paul's day. Timothy was of the generation in Paul's day. He was speaking to him. Giving him wonderful advice. But this generation today, again with our culture, has changed. It's not the same. This generation, and there has been preceding generations as well, I'm not just tagging this one, which has a whole different... i trying to remember what it was. Is it that? No, it's past X. I don't, I can't keep up with them. They label every generation, you know. But we've arrived at some kind of thought that if we don't have we don't have anything. And the more we can have, that makes us somebody. And the more we get, it makes us more of somebody. That's not what Paul's telling Timothy here. The first thing you need to get is godliness. Don't chase contentment before you get godliness. Because if you chase contentment before you get godliness, you're never going to have godliness. Because you're after something else other than what you need to be after. Amen. Amen. He said in Philippians 4:11, "Not that I speak of want, but I have learned, in whatever state I am, therewith to be content." Yeah. Paul had a repetitious and ongoing. Desire to at least plant advice if nothing else not only in Timothy but others because he had found himself where true joy is at Paul had found where the real of the real is the place that he needs to be that is worth everything to him and that is in Christ Jesus it's not in something else It's not even in what man's teachings may try to tell you it is. And there's plenty of those thoughts and opinions and books you can read that will tell you that. That your life, especially in the Western, the American culture, is if you're not succeeding in whatever you can get for yourself, then you're not succeeding at all. It's the wrong message. Not in all there's anything wrong with God-blessed and God-given things. But Paul stressed here to Timothy... It's ongoing. He he used it several times in Scripture. It's still going today because you're receiving it this morning and I'm receiving it. It's not what we can hold in our hand. It's not what we can possess that is the real wonderful blessing that God wants us to have and receive. It's contentment. What are you if you're contented? If you're truly contented, what are you? You're not chasing the next best thing. Get your toes ready. You don't have to have the next best cell phone. It'll get you in trouble anyway, probably. Why? If you've got one of those things, and we all do. Listen to me, just please bear with me just a minute. If you've got one of those things, I'm going to tell you what, you're going to be looking, you're going to be warning, you're going to be searching to know, if nothing else, to know something else. Word says it'll be a knowledge explosion in the end times. Boy, you got it in your hand now. Amen. You know, we all scroll through, we look, have you ever kind of let your desires get away from you just because you've got the access? Remember Eve? Anybody remember Eve? Uh, Amen. Come on. What did she want? She wanted to know more. Time's been ticking ever since with wanting to know more, wanting to have more. Marketing is out of this world. Marketing is so appealing and so driven to your weakness isn't it you ever spend your bounty for something that you thought you wanted and then you got it and you thought why'd i do that i didn't even need that we have within us again as humans the ability to be allured your arch enemy knows your particular desire because he watches you, watches us. He doesn't personally, but the other side of the spiritual world observes us. And it determines pretty easily where our lust, if we want to say lust this morning, is directed, where it's going. Then he knows what to bait his hook with. Doesn't he? Godliness with contentment is great gain. When we get an understanding and a knowledge. This is a hard lesson. That I don't always have to have what I want. Amen. Come on. Amen. Generation, if I don't get it, I'm mad. Amen. And if I don't get it, I'm going to deal somebody some misery. Amen. It's in the atmosphere, Amen. it's entirely observable. Is it not? Yes. Amen. It's not a request or desire, it's a demanding now. I've got to be satisfied with what I want. That's the general consensus. That's the atmosphere. And that's been going on again for a while, for several generations. We've done it to ourselves. But Paul is saying when we have godliness and we couple that with contentment, it's great gain. It's huge. It's rewarding. It's life-filling. Because when we can get this thing wrapped up and under control and get an understanding of it, then we can apply and know that everything is not about things, but everything is really about God who gave us the things. All right? And God doesn't he, he, God's a sharing God. He doesn't mind for us to have. But what Paul is trying to tell Timothy here's what we need to know that we need to have God before we have things. We need to have God. We need to have his doctrine, the gospel of Jesus Christ, and accepting it and living it and applying it to our lives. And, and then truly we can be content when you do that. We can be satisfied with what we have. Satisfied is kind of a weak word. When we got God, it's more than being satisfied or should be. Amen. It's an awesome, I don't to refer to him as a thing, but when we have him we really have everything amen man. For what we verse seven for what we brought for we brought nothing into this world and it is certain we can carry nothing out we weren't even clothed when we arrived no. we didn't have anything. I guess we could say actually we came in poverty. So we might have had a loving family with, of course, that nurtured us and cared for us. But when we arrived, we arrived in poverty. We didn't have anything as babes. Amen. He said we're not going to have anything when we leave this place. Right. At least what we can take with us. Thank God for being a Christian, huh? Amen. Amen. Oh glory. physically when we leave this place we take nothing with us Okay, we can't it's, it's the end of the end there's no way to hook up to a trailer and pull all your possessions with me no what, whatever that's right we're not what, whatever you may be decorated with in your finality that's meager So what are we going to have? If we've applied the scripture, even though we leave this place in the form of, when we leave this place, if we have loved God and trusted him and abided in his word and accepted his doctrine and not even listened to our own lying self, our self will lie to us and tell us things that either we don't need or we don't need to do. See, this thing, this creature right here is what we've got to deal with more than we deal with other creatures in this world that's why the word of god has a wonderful medicinal ability to get us where we need to be to get the understanding into us that just because the world's wearing this name brand or driving that or doing this it don't mean you got to just to keep up i want to tell you what there's more people in debt today just trying to keep up with the anybody heres name Jones huh? okay with the Joneses I didn't want to offend anybody it's certainly not the Smiths, I can tell you that but I'm content I'm content I'll be the first to tell you. this this is a this is a discipline thing we've all missed I've done I ask you all go I've done the same thing yeah. Woo! Oh, like, and I, rat hole money and I get it. And then later, man, I spent my rat hole money, and I didn't need that anyway. That's just one example. See, Paul's telling Timothy godly advice, first of all. You ever have trouble, don't raise your hand, you ever have trouble receiving godly advice? You go to the pastor, and you ask for an opinion on something, and he gives it to you, and you go out and do just the other. Can I finish that story? <laughs> and most of the time, you're probably going to be disappointed. I'm not saying that. I'm saying any pastor. People seek pastors and church leaders for advice. And I've watched some go off the cliff by doing otherwise. We can't do otherwise when it comes to the Word. We've got to understand what contentment really means content with God content with Jesus as our Savior isn't that awesome just hearts content, souls content, life is content going towards this thing called godliness because when we get content in God we become the receiving of godliness because we learn things and when we learn things we apply things and we do things different than we used to hopefully do you do different than you used to hopefully I'm hopeful in that If you've been in God's word, I'm sure a lot of things has changed. Not just this one. But there's a huge amount being said here as we continue. Verse 8 says, In having food and raiment, let us be therewith content. Says it again. Now, raiment there is not just necessarily speaking of just whatever clothing you have on. Actually, I think it means covering. Which... Construed. I mean if you think of covering, you can think house, you can think of roof over your head, you can think but I think within myself much of what being said here is is when we we consider extravagancies and beyond in order to show ourselves better than somebody else. Don't think that doesn't happen because we all know it does. Mm-hmm. Many times that's the sole purpose in achieving because I want to be better than somebody else and I want to be seen as better than somebody else. Christianly, we're supposed to be just the opposite. But see, there's that nature within us again. He got this and it's got that, so I'm going to get something better than he's got where I can show him that I've got better than he's got. It's a nature. It's a nature. We don't need to deny that. We just need to work on it. And we work on that by humbling ourselves and understanding the word of God and applying it to ourselves, that way we can get an understanding of what it is Paul's saying here. It's not that God's against having, but what God wants us is to have a state of contentment in us that creates a godliness. Both working together, said you're much blessed, is actually what he meant when he said that. You're much blessed. For they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. I've got to tell you something this morning. About a month ago, I had a word come to me and I didn't relate that word. And I probably should have. I don't know why. It was merely this. In your chasing of money, you're going away from God. Uh Uh-huh. Amen. I don't even remember, I don't need to know who was here. The house is packed, I think. If you're chasing money, you're going away from God. We all need money, don't we? Mm Sure. He said chasing money. If that's what you're in pursuit of. If that's what you think it takes to make your life grand, I'm going to tell you what it little becomes. It becomes a God. That pursuit becomes a God. And God only says one God, right? One God. It's amazing the things that can become God's. That's one of them. The pursuit of money. The pursuit of riches. The chasing of what I can have. On the other hand, if we do things godly, when we understand God's principles and we can handle it, God knows who can handle it and who can't. I promise you. Come on. I've heard the lottery winners. Boy, if I ever win that thing, first thing I'm going to do is give to God. Mm-hmm. And then when they do win, I don't know where God went, but he went somewhere. Godliness with contentment uh-huh. is great game. People are going every which direction chasing something today. Things, multiple things, an abundance of things, everything we can get when we have the greatest thing that could ever be had. Amen. Jesus. For well, the love of money is the root of all evil. Notice something in verse 9. Let me back up. But they that will be rich. Is that what your word says? Uh-huh. That's King James. Uh-huh. It doesn't say they that are rich, does it? No. It says they that will be. It means they that desire to be rich. rich. They that want to be rich. Uh-huh. They that want to be filthy rich. <laughs> they that whose whole purpose and mission is to be that. And there are those. There's plenty of those. Amen. I'm a poor rich man. Paul knew it was going to affect Timothy. How do we know that? Because the Holy Spirit spoke through Paul to what to tell Timothy. It's going to affect you everywhere you go, Timothy. The desire to do this, the desire to have that. And if you're not careful, it will take your soul focus away. Where it really needs to be, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Come on, there it goes. Once it heads that direction, there's all kinds of things that get tangled up with it. Oh yeah, the pursuit of fortune. There's a lot of things gets tangled up with it, and a lot of the things aren't good things. The warning here. In verse 11 he says, But thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. He summed it all up there in one little wrapper. Uh If you pursue these things, there's godliness involved. (laughs) These are the things that are the most valuable. These are the things that are going to bring you the most joy. These are the things that's going to bring you true gladness and happiness. Now, fight the good fight of faith. Oh Lord, lay hold on eternal life. Come on, whereunto thou art also called, and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. Did you know? that if you are truly on the road to heaven and you're trying to get there you're going to fight till you arrive it ain't a glide in on Air Force One though some may think it is it's not or anything else I could draw up this morning people have all kinds of concepts on going there and it don't matter what they do in between not so Fight the good fight of faith. You're going to come up against problems. You're going to come up against temptations. Is that a fight? Anybody ever fight a temptation? Oh yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it gets rough, don't we better know better know how to fight, right? Amen. If we know what temptation does. We're gonna fight corruption. Spoke up a little earlier this morning. Corruption everywhere, isn't there? We're fighting corruption right now. What's the enemy all about? Corruption, right? Right now. We are where? Whose army we in? We're fighting corruption. We're fighting temptation. We're fighting all kinds of things. But we gotta fight till this thing's over with. Mention the full armor of God. You won't fight without it on. You won't survive without it on, every piece of it. Salvation. The helmet of salvation wasn't just to adorn your head. It's to give you right thought. Amen. Make right decisions. Form right opinions. Salvation can come through none other than Jesus Christ. When we get the mind of God, the mind of Christ, we're able to understand what being content is about. Amen. And therefore... Some would think, well, this kind of takes a lot of the happiness of life out when you can't have anything. No, it gives you more. It gives you more. The more you receive, the more you get. When God sees that you're you're about godliness and you're content with that, there's more that comes. You can't have too many spiritual possessions, too many spiritual gifts. Anybody here got enough spiritual gifts? All you want, you're done. Not me. I want some more. But when we're content in Him, with contentment comes that true happiness and that true joy. You are think about just being glad? Uh, come on. Have you seen anybody really glad lately? Come on. Not out here. You won't see much of it. <clears throat> they might have some temporary excitement going on, but I'm talking about glad. I'm talking about the gladness of God, being glad about God, being glad you have God. You talk about should put a smile on your face, and excitement in your step. Lay hold on eternal life. Uh huh. Let's talk about getting a hold of something in a way you're not turning it loose. That's what lay hold means. It's good hold it, hang on to it. It's well worth fighting for. Don't turn this loose. Jesus said in Revelations, we're speaking to John. Jesus said in Revelations 3:11, "Hold fast that which you have." Amen. Hold fast that which you have. That no man take your crown. Come on, amen. That no man. Who's the worst man that can take your crown? Come on. Not the thief in the night. Come on, right here. And one of the biggest ways that that can happen is because you grow uncontent. about what you really need to be seeking and searching for. And then you start trying to fill yourself up with everything imaginable that you can possibly try to obtain. It's false hope, folks. Uh It will not bring to the, the heart and the soul, it cannot bring what God can bring. Amen. Godliness with contentment is great gang. Let's stand this morning quickly. Thank you, Jesus. Again, Paul said in another verse, he said it like this, take this whole world but give me Jesus. Mm -hmm. Take the whole world but give me Jesus. You know, evidencing Paul's life and looking through the reading of God's Word, this was one content guy. He was content when this beating the daylights out of him. Really? He was content when he was in jail. I've seen a lot of them folks. I ain't never seen nobody content being in jail, but he was. You know why? Because he had God. He knew he was in there because of his love for God. That's right. I'm here and I'm glad to suffer for my Lord, he said. Sometimes contentment is related to suffering. But it's all for his glory. And it's all for us. Lord, we come today and we just... I just pray, God, that in in such a time as there's so much seeking and searching and pursuit of, just, just out of control, substance and things and objects and possessions, Lord, that people are spending their lives away for, destructive to themselves even, to have and to get and to obtain. Lord, we have you. We have you. Let that search be of you, Lord. Let us be content in godliness, content, Lord, because we have the best that we could ever have. We have the most valuable we could ever have, Lord. We have things that are absolutely beyond our imagination through you, Lord. Help us to gain the understanding and within ourselves be willing to deny ourselves from this thing that's always trying to get us to chase it never finding it but God you can be found in an instant you can be found at the call of your name Lord God Jesus and you're here help us God Help us to seek after godliness yes. and to find ourselves content. Yes. Content, Lord. In Jesus' name. Jesus. Amen. 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 Praise As so we prepare to dismiss this morning, if you. you need prayer, just ask you know, raise your hands. <clears throat> Look around, everybody look, and that's when we're going to pray a prayer together this morning. I know some of your hands, a lot of your hands are raised. Just pray. Before you pray for yourself, I know you signify because they ask that question, who needs prayer? Look around. I want you, as I'm praying for all of pray for these others that's got their hands up. See, when we put other people before ourselves, godliness is setting in. Amen. 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 Heavenly Father, I come this morning, and I call upon you, Lord, and I ask you, God, each and every one of these this morning. God, they raise their hand, signifying God, they have a need. That they need something from you, Lord God. I pray, Father God, that Lord, you just touch them. I pray, God, that you you bless them. I pray you help them, Lord, this morning. Whatever it is, God, that they have symbolized today, God, by just raising their hand. I ask you, God, to just move in their life. I ask you, God, if there need be healing that's needed, then God, I pray you heal them, Lord. If they're spiritual situations, God, then I pray for that. If it's Whatever it is, Lord, I just pray, God, that the powerful ministering of the Holy Spirit, God, just move into these situations and bless these and help them, God, mightily in the name of Jesus. We give you thanks today, God, for this service. We thank you, Lord, for just allowing us to be here. And, Lord God, we just magnify your name and lift you up. In the name of Jesus, amen. And amen dismissed. God bless you. Don't forget the 12th. Sunday night the 12th we'll be at the Christmas uh, dinner at the Community Center uh, for the evening service. So that's coming down the road in a couple of weeks. God bless you. Have a great wonderful day. Be content. Amen.